Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Billsology. I am your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, and you should know how the saying goes by now. If you don't know me, please get to know me. This is indeed the Built in Buffalo Network. Now, I hope everybody is doing well today. You know, it's it's a shame that we are finally Super Bowl contenders. It's a shame that the Buffalo Bills have have finally uh, uh, reached a pedestal where they're looked at as amongst the uh, elite teams, the upper echelon teams in the NFL. It is a shame that now that the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contending team, everybody want to see the Bills. We are all on primetime television, five time, uh, five primetime games. We are finally the talk of the town. We are finally the talk of the NFL in a small market team where they said people don't want to go to Buffalo. Where they said uh, people don't want to watch the Bills. The Bills are boring. The Bills was a laughing stock for so long. We finally got over that pedestal. And now we have to face the distraction of of rape allegations from our fifth round punter that has the audacity. Now I know we have to let everything play out, right? We have to, the puzzles have to fit, right? I know we have to let, let the justice system take its part, but we've got a guy named the punt God, the audacity to have that word God in your name. And for us as fans to run with it, and call him the punt god when he know damn well that he did something in his past, that he had a dark side in his past with these with these allegations is a damn shame. And it's a damn shame that I can't talk about football and 53-man roster like I want to, right? It's a damn shame we can't discuss football and our Super Bowl aspirations like we want to, right? But guess what? We're going to do this one day. This is the day we're going to get all of this Matt Ariza uh, rape allegations, all this nasty juju, all this bad energy, all this aura, bad aura that the Buffalo Bills had. We've seen it last night in the game. We've seen it last night in the preseason game. The vibe was off. The energy was off. I know we had second and third and fourth string and truck drivers and McDonald's co-workers at the game playing the game. But the vibe was still off. The energy was still off. And it was because of the dark cloud of this Matt Ariza situation. So today, tonight, we are going to talk about this shit. And then we're going to flush this shit down the toilet and try to continue to talk about football. And try to continue to talk about the Buffalo Bills winning the East title. Josh Allen winning an MVP. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Things that we should be talking about, we're going to continue to talk about after tonight. So let's get all this shit out the way. We're going to have a discussion. I'm going to take questions. I'm going to take comments because this is the, obviously the topic of discussion. Matt Ariser was the main topic, the, the, the main talking point in the, in the press, in the Washington Post, and in the New York Times. The main NFL story. And he played for the Buffalo Bills. And it's, 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 it was a shame. A. Rich, Akeem Richens, if you're watching on YouTube, please give this a share. Please give this a retweet. If you're watching 
uh, uh, excuse me, on YouTube, please share. Please, please subscribe if you haven't done so already. If you're watching on Twitter, please give this a like. Please give this a retweet. And last but not least, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, give this a like. Give this a share. Shout out to our our uh, 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 sponsors, uh, Total Sports Buffalo. Shout out West Herd. Shout out uh, Picasso Pizza. All our sponsors, we appreciate you, and we're going to continue building this brand and and building this entity like we see fit, right? But getting back into the 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 topic of the day, the topic of discussion, uh, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what happened or what transpired here, but I I'm gonna take some comments, but I have to pull I have to pull this out. I don't even feel like pulling it out because I'm so I'm I'm kind of hot. I'm kind of upset that we have to waste time talking about this, even though I don't want to say waste time talking about this. This is a delicate matter, right? This is a big situation. I don't want to say waste time talking about this as if it doesn't matter. It does matter. That little 17-year-old girl, that little 17-year-old teenager, she deserves justice. We pray for the everybody's involved, right? You want to pray for everybody involved, and you want your you want the young lady to get her justice because that's just not allowed. That's just not allowed. We got on Deshaun Watson and 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 his allegations, what he was doing. The Cleveland Browns kept him. Congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. We are not the Cleveland Browns. We are not the Cleveland Browns. The Buffalo Bills did the right thing. This is the right thing to do. It doesn't matter guilty or innocent. He doesn't have to be on the team while the, the Buffalo Bills have this distraction. He doesn't have to be on the team while he go over his legal issues. Let him get right. Let him get square by himself away from the team. Take away that dark cloud over the Buffalo Bills head so we can continue and proceed to talk about football and and, and hopefully win this Super Bowl and hoist this Lombardi trophy, right? But definitely want to pray for the young lady involved and pray for everybody involved. And I I, I hope we get this situation rectified because I'm interested to know the, the the final results, how this is going to play out, right? Uh, interested to note that. So let me get let me get some questions, comments. Let me shout some people out. I know I was hot to begin the show, but you know this is a delicate matter, and you know while we're while this is a sports show and we should be talking about football, this has been the main topic. Uh, Brandon Bean couldn't discuss rosters and couldn't discuss who did well. Uh, Sean McDermott, you seen the look on Sean McDermott's face? Sean McDermott looked like a, a, a totally different individual. His his energy was gone. He was he looked distraught. He looked distraught in those presses and those interviews. And I'm glad Brandon Bean came to the forefront because I I wanted to hear from him. I think he deserved to to stand or sit in front of that podium and and explain to us and tell us what the hell happened, what the hell went wrong, how did this happen. How did this get this far? And we have the draft, right? We have the draft. We 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 have that entire process of the draft. This is not COVID season anymore. This is not a season when you're you having virtual interviews and you having virtual meetings and you can't come in close quarters with with your players that you want to possibly draft. You had a whole off season, right? You had a normal offseason to NFL standards. You was able to go visit players. You was able to send your scouts, your assistants, your regional scout, your area scout, your head coach, your assistant coach, your GM. You can send whoever the hell you want to send to visit whoever the hell you want to visit. 
correct? And yet and still, somehow, this was kept under wraps. I, it, it, it blows my mind how this, nobody knew about this. There is no way we could have found out about this earlier. What, what San Diego State's, that you know that has to be a scumbag university. I just got to call a spade a spade because they knew about it. San Diego State, if anybody did know about it, San Diego State knew about it. And why didn't they come forth and do the right thing? Of course, of course, we understand that it looks like a a, a bad a, a bad scar on your on your program. Right. It looks like a bad mark. It looks like a blemish, but it looks like a bigger blemish to find out like this. It looks like a a bigger blemish now to the university, because if nobody knew, that means the university and everybody involved in San Diego State University did a hell of a job trying to keep this thing under wraps. And it's a damn shame. They have a bunch of scumbags. Got to be got to be a bunch of scumbags over there, because I don't understand how the hell this didn't get out sooner, right? Now, I apologize once again. I knew I said I was going to take uh, questions, comments. Uh, shout out my brother Richard. What's going on, Richard? How you doing? My brother Kim is in the building. Uh, Christopher, what's going on? Let's go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. Now, I, I appreciate the let's go Buffalo because in the, in the, in the media, other fans around the NFL, right? We feel, as Buffalo fans, as Bills Mafia fans, we feel disgusted to be a part of the situation. And us as fans, as Bills Mafia fans, we felt that, hey, the majority of us felt that, yo, get this guy off the football team. This is, this is a bad look. This is degrading to women. This is disrespectful to women. Get this guy off the football team. Right. This is this is what this was about. But everybody that's not Bill's Mafia fans. Right. Other fan bases around the NFL are looking at us as fans and saying, hey, I knew those Bill's Mafia fans. I knew those guys were scumbags. I I've, I've, I've did a lot of research, Twitter, uh, uh, Internet, Facebook, and they are looking us Bill's Mafia fans. They are putting us in the same.
They finally cut him. Better late than never, right? Better late than never. Um, I apologize. Let me get let me get some um let me get some more comments and questions. I had a little I had a little delay now. My uh, my thing was muted. I, I apologize. I'm glad every, everybody heard everything. I was passionate. I was scared for a minute when I seen my thing. When I seen my mic muted. Shout out my brother DM3 man. Shout out my brother DM3. Uh, he is. He is the the built-in Buffalo God, so to speak. And uh, shout out my brother. Let's get some more comments in here. Trevor, the fact that he admitted to sleeping with a 17-year-old is statutory rape uh, in the state of California. That's enough to get rid of him, regardless if he was a uh, part of the rape or not. And this is the, you know, and initially, I gotta be, I gotta be honest, right? Um, built-in Buffalo, we are a tight-knit group. We talk every day. 24 7 365 i'm not in the comments in the chat as much as i should be family work and things like that but we talk all the time and when this matt arisa news came out it was a discussion amongst us in the built in buffalo brand right dm3 breaking tables uh uh lance uh uh we discussed whether we wanted to talk about this is this something we wanted to talk about this is this is a a, a real touchy topic right and we know the the deshaun watson news it didn't get it, it wasn't received well right it was uncomfortable conversations but then i realized to myself that this is a part of our team this is what we actually going through so we are actually a part of this as a unit because we all love the buffalo bills we are all fans of the bills a lot of us the buffalo bills hold hold up a heavy heart in our life, right? Some of us, it's it's work, our families, and the Buffalo Bills. That's how big the Bills are within our community. So when something happens like this, it's like it it it, it hurts. But these are conversations that must be had. These uncomfortable conversations that that must be had because we we have to get over the adversity as well, right? We have to talk about it and get through it and get over it as well. It, this is this is something that we don't want to go through, but we're here today, right? Let uh, Louis, guilty or innocent, right now he's a distraction to the whole team, coaches, owners, our fans. He needed to go. I support everyone involved in making the decision. I do as well. This is a great comment by Louis. I do as well. These this is not a DUI, <laughs> right? This is not a guy that a, a DUI or a guy that was 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 smoking weed and got in trouble or had a speeding ticket. This these are serious allegations. These are serious allegations. I love my wife. I love my daughter. I respect all women. God forbid something happened like that to my daughter what I would have done, how I would have felt. So we have to understand and put ourselves in that situation because that could have been any one of us. That could have been any one of our children. That could have been my daughter. That could have been DM3's daughter. That could have been one of your daughters, right? So this is bigger than football. I love football. I love the game. But stuff like that is bigger than football. Human and family and, and women are bigger than football so we had to do the the right thing we had to we had to honor ourselves 
as an organization, as, as a fan base, and we had to protect our women and defend our women as well and say, we are not going to stand for this shit. We are not going to stand for this. We're going to do the right thing, even though he was probably, he could have been probably one of the greatest punters ever. Matt, he was that talented. He is that talented of a kid that Matt Ariser, that leg could have been the greatest leg or one of the greatest legs of all time. And I don't give a rat's ass about that, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to be a good human being. You have to be a good person. You have to understand right from wrong, and you have to be forthcoming into situations that you put yourself in. So for you to allow yourself to continue your process as a player, knowing your dark secret, knowing that's not you, – you didn't get caught smoking weed in the, in, in the clubhouse gym. Those are serious allegations that at the end of the day, I view it as you trying to sweep the shit under the rug. And it finally came out and the Buffalo Bills was left with no choice. We was left with no choice but to do the right thing, no matter if he's innocent or guilty. We, we, that's, that's up to the, the justice system to decide that. But as far as the players in the locker room, as far as the fans that love the team, as, love, as far as the, everybody that's covering the team, the right thing to do was to release the quote-unquote punt god, Matt Arisa. Um, Breaking tables. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, Brent, yes, they cut him. Mary, what's going on, Mary? BBB and McDermott totally did the right thing, and kudos to the Bills. Kudos to the Bills organization, man. Kudos, definitely kudos to the Bills organization. My brother, it shows the real front office does. One acquisition is one too many. And this is, and, and this is, I love this comment by my brother because it shows what a real uh, front office does. Real front office offices are human beings, right, at the end of the day. And even though the Buffalo Bills organization from the head coach, GM, assistant area scouts, interns, I feel in my opinion, in my heart of hearts, they all dropped the ball. Even though they all dropped the ball on this one, we are all human beings at the end of the day. I'm not talking about what Matt Ariza did. He's going to have to deal with that himself, the, the, the justice system in God, right? He's going to have to deal with those things, right? But as far as the front office, as far as the Bills organization, they are, they are human at the end of the day. They realize that, hey, okay, it's obviously out there in the public eye that we made a mistake. We made a ter terrible mistake. We def it's definitely some red flags with this, right? And now we can't go on acting like we didn't make a mistake. We can't go on and, and try to double down, try to do a Cleveland Browns and double down on our mess up, right? No, we've made a mistake. Let's be remorseful about our mistakes, right? You've seen Brandon Bean in his press conference and Sean McDermott in that press conference. You've seen the remorse 
in their face. You know how some people, when they try to apologize, you don't see any remorse. Everything just look rehearsed. They just want to come on and apologize just to do it. Like, like Marshawn Lynch, I'm just, I'm just here not to get fined, right? But you saw the actual remorse from Sean McDermott's face. You saw the, you saw the actual remorse from Brandon Bean's face. They made a terrible mistake. So now we have to do what we have to do to correct our wrongs. And the first step was cutting matter rights. More questions, comments. Hey, Rich, Akeem Richens. This is Billsology. You are in tune to the Bills in Buffalo Network. It was just, these are just one of those shows. Uh, obviously, this is a big distraction, right? And you can't, uh, we can't ignore this big distraction. And this is one of those shows where we're going to vent about this distraction and then we're going to move on after tonight, right? Um, Breaking tables. Breaking tables says Bill's organization showing the NFL culture that it is more than football. And that's and that's that's more important than anything, right? In my opinion. What what kind of person, what kind of people are you at the end of the day? Now, you know, everybody doesn't break the law, so to speak, like uh Matariza is allegedly accused for, right? But based on decisions people make you could tell like okay this person's kind of a scumbag this person's an asshole or this person's a good person right uh the buffalo bills have genuinely good human beings that's running the organization and they understand uh brandon Bean, sean mcdermott they have families as well that could have been one of their daughters that could have been a, a family member of theirs a close kin to theirs so they understand that this is bigger than football. And the right thing, the right decision had to be made, and the Buffalo Bills indeed made the right decision. Um, Donald says she should have been, she should have not been at the party where her parent, where where are her parents and parental control? And this is an excellent question, right, Donald? But let's keep it, let, let's, let's, we have, we've all been kids, right? We've all been kids before. And we've all snuck out and done things. Now, the the, the young lady, it, it it shouldn't have, she sh probably shouldn't have been there, obviously. 17 years old, college students, it's you're obviously in a in a situation where you you don't you don't want to put yourself in. You don't want to put yourself in a situation for something like this to happen. And she definitely did that. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean she deserved what she allegedly got from these players. Right. That doesn't mean she deserved that. No women deserve that. They were, but she she is not perfect. None of us are perfect. Right. Every all of us made mistakes or snuck out or drunk before the age of eight of 21 or did something we wasn't supposed to do as children. If you say you did it, you're lying. Right. But uh, it's what you do. Right. And what she did was put herself in a situation that she wasn't supposed to be in. But at the same time. The, the 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 things that allegedly happened to her should have never happened to her. Doesn't matter uh, if she was out drinking and partying with all the guys and stuff like that. She didn't deserve the results that she got. Right? That's just my personal opinion about it. Heather, it's Brandon Bean's job to be the voice. 
still such a sad situation. Now we move on. Now we get to move on, Heather. Now we get to move on. Now, don't get me wrong. This is something. How are the Bills going to handle this adversity? Because other NFL fan bases are still going to eat this up. The Buffalo Bills are now going to go into NFL stadiums and they're going to get they're going to get remembered about this, right? They're not this the NFL fan bases around uh for their favorite teams are not going to let the Buffalo Bills off the hook that simple. Right? So, how are they going to, how are they going to respond to adversity in the locker room first? Right? How are they going to respond to adversity with us, their their own fan base, Bills Mafia fan base? And how are they going to respond to adversity to the outside noise? How are they going to respond to adversity on the road against Tennessee? On the road, excuse me, on the road against the Rams? On the road against New England? Against Miami? Against the Jets? How are they going to respond to that adversity? Right? And now we're going to see what type of brotherhood the Buffalo Bills uh, definitely have. We are a contending team, a team that should be running for the Super Bowl this year. And now we have this dark cloud looming over our heads. How are we going to respond? And I think that at the end of the season, we're going to be talking about this Matt Ariza situation. We're going to reflect on this. And while we're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, we're going to reflect on this and say, hey, the Buffalo Bills, they battled adversity. They withstood. They held their ground. And they fought. And they, and, and they, and they, they propelled to victory, right? Or the Buffalo Bills don't have success. And now everybody's going to revert back to this Matt Ariza situation and say it was over before it even got started. How are the Buffalo Bills going to respond? Lone Wolf. Perhaps this was a wake-up call for uh, to uh, OBD uh, need to take a good look, a long look on how to evaluate players. This is the outlier. But now, is there anything they could do differently? Of course, now this 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 is definitely something that not only the Bills and their brass is going to pay attention to. This is a a learning a learning uh, tool for for other teams as well. Other scouts. In other NFL organizations are going to be looking at this and going to be trying to dot their I's and cross their T's in a more strict fashion as well. This is not just a wake-up call for the Buffalo Bills, even though it happened to them. This is a wake-up call for every organization in the NFL. And we, you thought you got stupid questions before, right? We always hear around around the time where they're going through the draft process the NFL, NFL uh, uh, draft prospects uh, talk about how they was asked some stupid, some stupid ass question, right? Now I kind of understand. Now I gotta kind of get why uh, you have to ask all type of questions, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be all type of questions asked, uh, asked uh, next draft period because of the Matt Arisa situation, Richard. If the San Diego police would have filed criminal charges, the Bills wouldn't have drafted him. Yes, um, I, I agree 100%. Now, why? Now, what happened? Why, why, was, why was it kept under wraps? Why it, it happened to one of their better players? Obviously, uh, Matt Arise is a punter, but 
he is one of their more successful players, I, I would assume, to come out of that university, right? So when you think of that, uh, you, when you think of it like that, San Diego, the guys or girls or whoever's running San Diego State probably didn't want that blemish on 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 their program, on their on their university, and that was the bad move. That was the bad route, the bad direction to take, right? He he probably should have been suspended from from his team in college <laughs> once they heard about these allegations. Let alone everything coming forth now, right? Um. Yvonne the Great, what year, what year did this incident happen? I believe it happened last year, 2021. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been October of 2021. I could be wrong about the month, but I'm right about the year. Um, she says she was 18. All the reports I've seen was, um, was 17. When she was 17, she was still a minor. Andy, Andy got along something to say. At first, I thought to give this guy due process, but after the pressure last night, I saw something MC, in MCD I'd never seen before. He was exhausted and almost in tears. So he's the team and coaches more important than just winning games. We made the right choice, uh, uh, unfortunately, a month too late. Yeah, yeah, we made a, we, we, we made the right choice. It, it's, you know, it's better late than never, and it was a punter, right? I think those, if, if there's any any light at the end of the tunnel, you have to, I, I try to take some type of positive, and even though it affects the team, and yes, it's a major situation outside of football, but when you're concerning the Buffalo Bills, when you're concerning directly the, the football team, it's not a big loss. A puncher is not a big loss. Now, the, the, the situation is untimely, yes, but I'd rather have an untimely situation replacing a punter than having an untimely situation replacing a, a quarterback, right? Sam Donald's out four to six weeks. I know he's the backup quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, but uh, it could have been a situation like that where a quarterback had to had to miss a substantial amount of time and you had to replace him, right? Or a quarterback could have been involved with these allegations and you had to replace them, right? It, it, it could have been a lot worse as, as, as far as uh, – uh, damage to the actual team and hindering their chances of hoisting that Lombardi trophy. Um, Buffalo fan 716, I appreciate it. That's what I thought. October 2021. October, not even a year ago. Not even a year ago. Um, John, good day, right direction for the coaches and staff. No one player is bigger than the team. Exactly right. Exactly right. DNA evidence, I know nothing about. <laughs> I know nothing about. Um, I, I, that's that's getting into some intricacies. We're gonna let the, the the justice system do their job. They they get paid a lot of money to do it. They do it well, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna discover uh, everything, all the evidence they need to discover before they come up with their decisions to uh, pursue for criminal charges, uh, settle on the civil suit, and and so forth and so on. Trevor, I didn't see that. Are are you sure that that's not her current age? Uh, I, I'm going to look at the reports again. I'm going to look at the reports again. I'm breaking tables. Why are we defending this guy? Move on. Bigger picture of the Super Bowl. It's not about a distraction. Our culture is more than football. That's what it's about. That is a, that's what it's about. What type of human being are you? Right? And I, I'm not talking about anybody in the comment section. I'm just talking about in general. What type of human being are you? And the things, and the things that... 
that you say kind of shows what type of human being you are, right? In terms of how we feel about Matt Arizer, we all can have our opinions, but our opinions kind of tell us how we feel and, and who we are. And right now, this situation, this is, these are rape allegations. These are serious, serious allegations going on here. And this is a football team that is on the cusp of doing great things, doing more great things, doing bigger things. And the Buffalo Bills as an organization or no, no organization should have a player on their team that's facing allegations of that magnitude. That's just how I feel about the situation, right? So let us part ways so you can go ahead and clear up yourself. And if you're, if you're telling the truth or if things are, are not as what they seem, then great. You can have that time now to, to clear your name and do what you got to do to, to, to get back on the right track in your career, in your life. And us as fans and as the Buffalo Bills organization, we can move on to as fans talking about football and winning games and as the Buffalo Bills players and organization actually uh, go back to thinking about football and winning games and doing their jobs on the football field as opposed to answering questions about a punter that was on the team for a couple of months. Right? So that's where we at. My brother Joey has Joey, what's going on? We are the we were the laughing stock of the NFL since we lost four Super Bowls and we were finally starting to heal from that and it hit and it hits us unbelievable. And and it's unfortunate, right? Of course we don't want to go through this as 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 an organization. We don't want to go through this as fans. It's 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 disheartening, right? It's disheartening to to go through this and to be looked at like this, especially when we've been turning the corner, right? I don't think the Buffalo Bills have had any issues. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have the Buffalo Bills had any issues in Sean McDermott's era with 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 uh, law enforcement, DUIs, suspensions? I know they had the Andre Smith suspension that he has to face. But besides that, I believe the Buffalo Bills as an organization uh, done a tremendous job providing a culture that that exemplifies excellence. And the reason why I can comfortably say that is beyond the Zay Jones situation a few years back, and he had that fight with his brother. And I don't even think when you compare it to this, I don't think it's nothing. But besides the, the Zay Jones situation when he was naked fighting with his brother, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills organization hasn't had trouble with players that had runnings with the law. And I could comfortably say that because there haven't been no reports, right? Everybody that the Buffalo Bills draft, we, we hear about them being a good person, them being a good human being, them being uh, a person of, of high character. And I believe all those things because the Buffalo Bills have been in the news for all the right reasons as opposed to all the wrong reasons. So because of that, I believe in the process. I believe exactly what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean is, 
is doing for the Buffalo Bills organization. And what happened here was a hiccup. What happened here was a, excuse my English, was a fuck up. This was a fuck up. And now the Buffalo Bills organization realized that it was what it was. And now we have to right our wrongs and get back to going in the right direction. And I think that's that's where we're at today. Um, once again, A. Rich, Hakeem Richens, uh, Bill's allergy. Um, I hope y'all can hear me now. I hope you I hope I hope y'all can hear me now. Because I was on mute. I was on mute for a while. Yeah. I apologize. I was on mute for a while. I apologize. I appreciate it. I've seen it. I've seen it for a while. I appreciate it. Tony, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody. I hope that everybody can hear me now. I took it off a while now, so I'm just catching up to the comment section. Um, getting back. Okay, yeah, the comment section, there's no audio now. All right, we're back, we're back. I apologize once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, I apologize that there was no sound. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me now? Give me a thumbs up if y'all can hear me before I go back into the comments. Y'all can hear me? I can, you can hear, Penny can hear, we all good? I apologize, I apologize for that. I was excited, I don't know if I pressed the button at that time. Um, I definitely apologize. But getting back, getting back. Let's let's get back to the comment section. Um, if y'all wasn't hearing me before, I was just saying that this is a time where we're supposed to be talking about other things and 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 trying to get to the next level as a football team, as opposed to talking about rape allegations. But here we are today, right? Mike, let's get Mike. Let's get Mike. I want to see what Lowen says. That's just stupid spin. I'm going to get back to that. Mike, this kid pretty much Ray Rice himself out the NFL. And for the people who say, how did Buffalo not know about this when they drafted him? Well, well, guess guess what? Nothing was said on draft day by the NFL Network or ESPN either. And and I just find that I just I, I find that amazing. Right. I, I just find that amazing that it uh, uh, a big allegation like that was kept under wraps so well during the draft process where 32 teams is doing their due diligence on players and nobody found this out. That, that is amazing. <laughs> that is some amazing stuff right there. Um let's let's go back. Let's go back to the let's go back up. I know y'all couldn't hear me for a while. Let's go back up. Uh, I appreciate everybody for watching. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Kelly says it best. It's always the Rams, and I, I think I think and I know Dan Kelly. I know. I wish I could go ahead and talk about the Rams today. I wish I can go ahead and talk about that. That was actually my intent, but this news was so big. Um, we just want to discuss it, get it out, flush it down the toilet as a family, and after tonight, we're definitely going to move on. Um, a lone wolf says cutting a reason was the right thing to do. He can now take his time and take care of his situation. 100%. Kim, I agree with you. The organization did the right thing. Chris, what's going on, Chris? Chris, I think our fan base is going to make this a bigger deal than any other fan base would. Um, 
who knows? We'll see. I think I I think that our fan base calmed down a little bit by making the correct decision to cut him. Right now, if the Buffalo Bills, if he was still on the team right now as I'm talking, then uh, I know I had some hot things to say, and I was pretty hot. It would pro- it would it would probably be even worse than that, right? Because it's now it's like okay, what 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 is really going on here now, right? But since the Buffalo Bills cut him, I there's going to be some fans that just they just hold everything, right? But I think the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills uh, organization did the right thing. Uh, Dennis, Dennis says he's going now. Let's get back to football. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, Brian says he could he could have been the best NFL punter in the world. It comes crumbling down ASAP when you are, when you have a victim coming out like that. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. I see the questions, comments, comments are coming. Comments are coming. Let me get. Let's keep it coming. Christopher, I feel so bad for the girl. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It was an unfortunate situation. It could have been any one of our daughters, right? And that's just an unfortunate situation. Um, I know that this was a situation that was obviously big, right? But like some people say in the comment section, let's see if we can. Let's see if we can get back to football a little bit, right? Let's see if we can talk about football. I'm going to continue to take questions and comments. If you want to talk about or want to discuss anything you want to discuss, I'm going to continue to take questions and comments. But we do have a a punter to replace, right? And I think Matt Barkley did a tremendous job in an emergency situation. But I don't think Matt Barkley can go in uh, as the punter for the Buffalo Bills. Me personally would have a would like to have an actual punter punt for the Bills. So, um, real quick, any any replacements that comes to mind? I know I know punters is a sexy is a sexy uh position that everybody knows so well. So, do do anybody comes to mind in terms of of replacement punters? Because now the Buffalo Bills is in search of one, right? Uh, two comes to mind for me. I I know I've been seeing a lot of I seen I've been seeing a couple of different names on Twitter. Two comes to mind for me as as far as uh, replacing the matter riser in the in the puncher situation. The first name that comes to mind is 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 a guy that came from the same place Matt Hat came from before he came to the Buffalo Bills, right? The Miami Dolphins, and that's uh, Michael Polarity, I believe. Michael Polarity, he was the Miami Dolphins puncher last year tw- in 2021. He averaged about 44.7 yards a punt. It's it's not great, but Matt Hat averaged about 42, 42.9 yards a punt. So even though he wasn't great, he was still better than our puncher than from last year, right? And he's a left he's a left footed punter. Michael Polarity, former Miami Dolphins punter, now a free agent, uh, a left footed punter. The Buffalo Bills love their left footed punters. Matt Ariza was a left footed punter. So was Matt Hack. So they love the left-footed guys. So I think that would be, that would be, in my opinion, uh, a, a, a good replacement for a Matt Ariza. And last but not least, he was the puncher for the Carolina Panthers from 2016 to 2020. Michael Polarity, former uh, Carolina's Panthers punter from 2016 to 2020. That means he has some familiarity with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott because 
they was over there, right? And he's a left-footed punter that's a free agent. We uh, we all know, we all should know that the Buffalo Bills love their, love their left-footed punters. So that's one guy that can replace a Matt Ariza. Another guy that can replace a Matt Ariza is Marquette King. Marquette King, I haven't seen him punt since he punted for Denver in 2018, but uh, he was one of he was known as one of the swaggiest punters in the NFL. And I don't know how much swag a punter should have, but he had uh, a tremendous amount of swag. He was oozing with swag as a punter, and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And in my opinion, that might be a part of the reason why he he's he's still a free agent to this day. But he even tweeted earlier today that he wants to win a ring and he wouldn't mind coming to the Buffalo Bills. So two guys that. I think can make uh, a seamless uh, replacement for Matt Hack. I'm going to say for Matt Hack because uh, Matt Ariser never punted a professional game for the Buffalo Bills. So I think a Matt Hack can be uh, uh, easily replaced, so to speak, when I compare their numbers in, in yards per punt. And those are the two guys that I come up with. Is there, is there any guys that that you know about that can be that could be a replacement for the quote-unquote former punt guy the Buffalo Bills had for several weeks. Uh, Richard Rush says Marquette King. I agree 100%. Trevor says Marquette King. Kate says Marquette King. Um, I think I think he's a uh, he's a guy that that we know well, right? I think he's a guy we know well partly because of of his swag and how he was as a punter. Um, Let's get some more comments in terms of replacement. Marquette King. Marquette King is definitely winning. We want to see what the Buffalo Bills do. I wouldn't be surprised if they take the the Michael Polarity route, right? I wouldn't be surprised they take that route. He's a he's a left-footed punter. He was a part of the Carolina Panthers organization. It seems like a it seems easy to me. Uh, 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 it's an easy easy thing to me. But we'll see what they actually do. Um, I think our next punter will come from North Carolina. Who knows, right? Who knows? Um, Patrick says, any O-line news? Not that I, not that I know, not that I'm aware of, right? Not that I'm aware of. I wasn't too familiar with the offensive lineman that was out in the game last night for the Buffalo Bills, right? We had a lot of offensive linemen, second and third string guys that probably won't make the team. We, we probably have some guys that's going to be some depth pieces, but, uh, for the most part, last night, it was a lot of debt pieces playing, right? And a lot of guys is possibly going to get cut. So as far as O-line news, as long as everybody is healthy, I think Roger Saffold is healthy, uh, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates, as long as those guys are healthy and ready to go week ones against the Rams, I think that is uh, of, mo uh, of most importance, right? So that's the most O-line news I got right now. Um, let's, let's see if we can talk about this game a little bit, right? Once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, you're in tune to Billsology only on the Built in Buffalo Network. Let's see if we can turn into the game, tune into the game a little bit. I know the Buffalo Bills lost the game by a score last night of of 21 to 0, right? Uh, whether it was the energy, the vibe, the, the, the second team playing against the ones, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills did lose the game snapping the 10-game the preseason winning streak. That was uh, kind of unfortunate. I kind of wanted to keep that going, but uh, we have bigger fish to fry. But 
even though the Buffalo Bills seemed as if they was off, seemed as if they <coughs> they was a little distracted, even though the Carolina Panthers, hey, they made more plays. They was a better team that day. Their ones was out there against the backups. But something didn't feel right in the game. There was, there was still a game that had to be played, right? And even though it was a terrible game from – from the standpoint of penalties, I think it, it's just it's just way too much penalties. That that that's been a consistent thing. That's that's one negative trait that's been a consistent, a constant for the Buffalo Bills in the Sean McDermott era. Penalties. We get frustrating penalties. Doesn't matter if it's the first team out there or if it's the fourth team out there. That is something that I hope the Buffalo Bills can do a better job in correcting. Is 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 cleaning up them sloppy penalties and, and, and things of that nature, right? Um, but there was a game that was played, and even though it was a terrible game overall that was played, there was some standouts. So things that we've learned, things that I've learned. One thing that I've learned, Case Keenum. Case Keenum didn't perform well. I've learned that, yes, Case Keenum is my number two quarterback, but Case Keenum is not a guy that can can make people better, right? Case Keenum is not going to make guys that's average or less than average better around him. Case Keenum is not going to make Brandon Stokely an a thousand yard receiver, right? <laughs> now, that's who Case Keenum is, who his talent around him is, and that's what I noticed for last night's game. He, in my opinion, struggled again. He kind of stunk up the joint again, and that was because of his surroundings. If you give Case Keenum some weapons, like the first-team offense, and some and some pieces to work with, Case Keenum can be the guy. So, uh, overall thoughts on Case Keenum? I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful because we do have talent around him. So God forbid something happens to Josh Allen, the ones will be in the game, and hopefully he can perform like he performed against the Denver Broncos with the ones, uh, as opposed to him performing against the Indianapolis Colts and Carolina Panthers when he had the backups in the game. Um, Lone Wolf says, Case Keenum had no chance to look good last night playing behind that O-line. And I, you know what? I can't, even, I can't even get mad at that comment, right? I can't even get mad at the comment because the O-line was, was, was a lot of guys that's probably not going to be on the team and it's probably going to be a couple of guys that won't even make the practice squad. So I can't even get mad with that assessment. Kate says uh, the vibe was off last night because of the situation. They shouldn't have had to have that over their head, and I'm glad to let him go. Now it's time for the Rams. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Bill, Buffalo Bills uh, fan 716. Defensive line played really well. Second team defense gave the Panthers starters a hard time. Just stopped the super penalties. Agreed. I think the penalties is something that that – we have to try to negate, right? Because that could be something that could hold the Buffalo Bills back. Uh, there, was, there was, even when they scored a touchdown, the Buffalo Bills, I'm glad you brought this up, the Buffalo Bills second unit was playing well against that first unit. Um, they was going to get them off the field, but they had a big holding penalty or a big offside penalty against Shaq Lawson. And then later on, they ended up scoring a touchdown. So we have to clean up those sloppy plays. We have to clean up the penalties. And um, I, think, I, I think we'll be all right defensively. Um, and Lance, it was definitely it was definitely turnstiles at every position, right? It was definitely turnstiles at any uh, at any position, and I'm glad, right? 
even though I look at it like this, right? We have we lost the battle in terms of losing the game 21-0 and, and having our 10-game win streak snap, but we won the war. We won the war against the Carolina Panthers. Derek Brown, Carolina Panthers uh, defensive tackle, who looks to be a stud, looks to be a stud defensive tackle, he got hurt against the Buffalo Bills. Zane Gonzalez, the starting puncher for the Carolina Panthers, went down against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, last but not least, Sam Donald, their backup punter, their, excuse me, punter. Guess what I'm thinking about, right? Their backup quarterback, Sam Donald, sprained ankle out four to six weeks, right? So they won the preseason game, but they lost quality and depth pieces behind it. So how, how do the Carolina Panthers feel by winning the game, right? So in my opinion, we, 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 we lost the, we, the Carolina Panthers won the battle, but lost the war because they have significant injuries on that side of the ball on their team. Um, Anthony or Andy, I'm sorry. That must have been one awkward flight there, especially back home. Um, who sat next to him? Right. I, I bet it was awkward. Definitely was awkward. Um, Patrick, I think we should trade for an O-line or watch who gets cut on the, on, for our O-line. O-line depth. Dawkins clearing up five mil was good. And I think, you, you know, I, I, Patrick, I think you're right. And I think the Buffalo Bills will do that because Brandon Bean says constantly that they're always looking for an upgrade. They're always trying to get uh, get better at every position. So they're going to do their due diligence to to look for upgrades where they see fit. But uh, I think the Buffalo Bills' offensive line is all right. Um, I, I, I like I, I, I like their starting five. I think. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the right tackle opening day. Is it going to be Spencer Brown or is it going to be Questenberry? I think that's going to be an intriguing thing. I, I found it real interesting to see Spencer Brown out there with with the rest of the offensive line that that are look to be backups or look to be probably cut. But Spencer Brown did start that game, so I found that interesting. Did he start the game because Questenberry's the starter, or did Spencer Brown start the game because He's coming from back surgery, and he needs those reps. Which one is it? But either way, Questionberry, Spencer Brown, one of them is going to be on the bench. I think that's a good depth piece. Um, I think they I think they have some decent depth there. But like you said, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed. Get better. Get better anywhere you can get better. Daniel, only a handful of players from Friday's game will even make the roster. I think I think you're right, Daniel. I think you're right, Lance. Do you think Spencer Brown takes back the start right tackle spot? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting. Now, I did some numbers. I did some. I, I did some. Uh, some researching. Questenberry, he gave up a lot. Eleven sacks last year. Questenberry, the right tackle for the Buffalo Bills, the new right tackle for the Bills, the former Tennessee Titan, but he had an 80.6 overall PFF grade, <clears throat> and that that's a pretty impressive grade, especially on PFF standards. 80.6. He gave up 11 sacks. He played about 1,200 snaps. 1,200 snaps. Gave up 11 sacks. You, you don't want to give double-digit sacks, but he was doing something well in the run the game, pass game. I don't, I didn't have, I didn't put it on my elite package to see exactly the intricacies where he was exactly successful in. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, Questenberry's a veteran. He was, uh, he was a starter net with with Saffold over in Tennessee. They had a lot of success running the football over there. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry has a lot to do with, to do with that. So we're going to see what happens there. 
if, if I have to take a guess, I think Questionberry starts as the right tackle. I think Questionberry is going to be the starter as the right tackle because of his veteran presence. But Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott is going to make it seem as if they want to work Spencer Brown back into the fold and don't want to rush him back. and want to make sure he's 100% healthy before they, he, he makes that transition again to being a full-time starter. I think that's what's going to be said. And I think Questionberry will be the starter. That's my guess. Lone Wolf. Hodges again made a couple of nice catches, but I still don't know if he makes the final roster. Uh, and let's get into that. Right. Let's get into that, because I usually have graphics and all the bells and the whistles. But these was one of those nights where it was just a lot of serious matters, manners, uh, matters going on. And I think we just needed to have this open dialogue, this open discussion. But I do have a couple of standouts, even though the even though the game felt weird and, and awkward, some players are on the bubble and some players despite the distraction have to show up and play to make this team otherwise they can possibly get cut so uh i'm going to name a couple of standouts in my opinion that that played well in last night's game and throughout the preseason that are rust roster bubbles but in my opinion should be on the buffalo bills 53-man roster and the first guy i'm going to bring up is what Lone Wolf brought up is Isaiah Hodgins. In my opinion, the former six-round pick in the 2020 draft, Isaiah Hodgins, has has done enough to make this football team, in my opinion. Uh, four receptions last night on six targets, 19 yards. Now, I know the, 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 the statistics doesn't look overly impressive when you see four receptions 19 yards he didn't do anything but it was the type of catches Isaiah Hodges was catching those were difficult grabs getting it off the back shoulder pad of of the defender catching the football having enough concentration in a in a high pressure situation that was a that was an important down and yardage down the distance for the Buffalo Bills to have that presence and awareness and and wherewithal and and to be able to focus to reel that in was very impressive for for uh for Isaiah Hodgins. And in my opinion, he played well off all preseason. We was all worried about Isaiah Hodgins in terms of separation, right? Isaiah Hodgins, they said coming out in 2020, he had one of the best hands in the draft, but he fell in the draft because he ran a 4-6 or a 4-7-40 and the talent evaluators, the scouts, they didn't know if he could consistently separate to be a factor at the wide receiver position in the NFL. But throughout the preseason, Isaiah Hodgins has done nothing but doing a great job from separating from the defender. He's shown quick feet. He's shown a quick release off the, uh, off the line of scrimmage. He's shown that he's improved his route running. He's shown that he is now playing more to his size. I think Isaiah Hodgins is about 6'4", but I never seen him play like a 6'4 player. And this season, this preseason, this camp, Isaiah Hodgins is is playing to the man of his size, and he's using his size to his advantage. Not only that, he's improved in assets of his game. He's improved in his release. He's improved in his route running. He's proved that he can be a guy that can 
consistently separate in the short and intermediate areas. I'm not saying I want Isaiah Hodgins running running fly routes. I'm not saying I, I want Isaiah Hodgins running fade routes. But a guy uh, that has a 6'4 frame, that has that big catch radius, that has uh, a quick release and has a, a good route running ability is a guy that we want on our football team. And I know Isaiah Hodgins isn't Cole Beasley, but Isaiah Hodgins can possibly come in when he does get his uh, opportunities and do things similar to what Cole Beasley did for Josh Allen. And what Cole Beasley did for Josh Allen is be that security blanket in the short and intermediate areas. And I think Isaiah Hodgins can do the same thing. No, he doesn't play like uh, Cole Beasley. No, he doesn't remind me of Cole Beasley. But what he can do is be that blanket that Cole Beasley was in a 6-4 frame. And that's be a guy that could be available in red zone and short and intermediate routes. Now, in my opinion, Isaiah Hodgins needs to be the seventh receiver next to Isaiah, next to uh, Jake Kumro, who is the sixth, or Isaiah Hodgins needs to be the sixth receiver over Jake Kumro because Isaiah Hodgins has played, has outplayed Jake Kumro all camp and all preseason in my eyes. So one way or, or the other, in my opinion, Lone Wolf, Isaiah Hodgins has done enough to make this team as a seventh receiver or as a sixth receiver bumping Jake Kumro off this roster. Um, I want to see – I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your thoughts on Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, I think he was a guy squarely on the bubble, but I think he played well enough last night and throughout the preseason to make the Buffalo Bills roster as a sixth or seventh receiver. Let me let me get your thoughts. Um, <clears throat> spin. Hodgins is clearly better than Kumaro as a wide receiver. Is, uh, Kumaro is clearly better than Hodgins as a special teams player. It's about what the view uh, the Bills view more important in the wide receiver room. Wide receiver number six, either special teams or receiver. Now, Spin, I agree with you 100%. And... I do agree that Jake Kumaro may be a better special teams player, but I think that Isaiah Hodgins is willing. And I think he is now starting to get accustomed to playing special teams. And he is now willing to get to play special teams. And I think Isaiah Hodgins got better as a receiver over the years. I don't think he was as good as a route runner as he is now as he was two years ago. I don't think Isaiah Hodgins played to his size like he does now uh, as he played a year or two ago. So I believe Isaiah Hodgins as a receiver got better, right? Why can't Isaiah Hodgins do the same thing as a special teams player, right? So as I view it, he offers more of an upside in the wide receiver room now, I know Diggs has been healthy. I know guys has been healthy. I know the Buffalo Bills organization uh, since uh, as an organization has been relatively healthy since Brandon, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott came to the fold. But you can never have enough weapons. And me personally, I'd rather have an extra weapon than an extra special teams play. That's just my, that's just my opinion on it. 
right? God forbid Gabriel Davis goes down. God forbid a guy goes down. Now we have an Isaiah Hodgins where it's still a drop-off, right? But we're not looking at uh, Jake Kumro to come in and try to and try to try to fill that void, or we're not looking at bringing in a practice player to come and fill that void, right? So, in my opinion, Isaiah Hodgins has played his way onto this football team. Let me get some more. Uh, let me get let me get some more questions. Let me get some more questions and comments. How y'all feel about Isaiah Hodgins, Trevor? Do you think all three Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, and Zach Lawson, uh, Zach Moss make the team? Hmm. Excellent question. I think Zach Moss makes the team, yes. I think Jordan Phillips makes the team, yes. Shaq Lawson, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he played late into the game last night. Anybody, in my opinion, when you play late into the game like that, it's always a red flag. I'm not a big fan of Steve Smith as far as him as a commentator. I think Steve Smith it was a hell of a football player, a hell of a receiver for the Carolina Panthers. But as a commentator, as an announcer, He's average at best, and I'm being nice about it. But I do think he made an excellent point. And that's when you have guys playing late into preseason games, especially guys that you're familiar with, Jack Lawson, another guy we're going to talk about later. Uh, it's definitely a, a red flag. So we're going to see what happens with Shaq Lawson. Um, Patrick says Shakira is the four, but Hodgins is the five. You know what I mean. So let let's let me see. We got Diggs as a one. We have Gabe, Gabe Davis as the two. I have Isaiah McKenzie as the three. I have Jameson Crowder as the four. I still think Jameson Crowder is the four. I I believe that we haven't seen nothing electric from Jameson Crowder. But if I I'll put it to you like this, I haven't seen much from Jameson Crowder. I haven't seen much from O.J. Howard. But if I had to pick between the two. Who would you rather have, O.J. Howard or Jamison Crowder? If, if I'm thinking about being a receiver and, and being a target, a weapon for Josh Allen, I'm going Jamison Crowder, right? So I have Jamison as the fourth receiver, uh, and I have Shakir as the five. Now, at the six, you want Kumaro, you want Hodgins, you want both. I think that's up in the air there. Um, Excellent comment, by the way, excellent comment. Scott, seven receivers, three tight ends. Hodgins and Kumaro makes the team, in my opinion. That's interesting. I'm not sure if three tight ends make the team. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. I believe. Um, now, let me let me correct that. I do think three tight ends make the team, but I think two natural tight ends. Two natural tight ends make the team, and the versatility of uh, uh, of a uh, of a Gilliam, who was extended for the Buffalo Bills has the versatility to play tight end and be that emergency third tight end when necessary. So I think when you add in a Gilliam, that's where your third tight end comes in. But the, as a, a natural tight end, I think the Buffalo Bills carry too. But we see, we'll see what happens. Um, More comments, more comments. Daniel says, what Hurst Hodgins is, he is not good at special teams. McDermott loves his special teams, guys, including including Kumaro. I get it. I get it. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what what they value more. I think I think Isaiah Hodgins, in my opinion, in my opinion, Isaiah Hodgins has the inside track to making the team because he was actually drafted by the Buffalo Bills as opposed to Jake Kumaro. I know he's good on special teams, but as opposed to Jake Kumaro, who was taken off the practice squad 
uh, uh, from the Green Bay Packers at the time, I believe. So we'll see. Uh, Patrick says, McKenzie breakout year. McKenzie came up limping. Practice notes. McKenzie came up limping in today's practice. I believe on 11 on 11, on 11 on 11s, he had a practice record on 11 on 11. He came up limping. He got up, walked away on his own power with the trainer, but he did not return to practice. Isaiah McKenzie did not return to practice. So that's something we can monitor, we can keep an eye on. I think he's the starting wide receiver for the starting slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully the injury is not too serious, it's not too significant. I I I feel good about the fact that he was able to walk walk off under his own power, but we'll see the the severity of the injury. Um any more any more questions? Any more questions about anything you want to discuss or Isaiah Isaiah Hodgins. Justin says, Phillips and Lawson for sure. Okay. We'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. Jordan Phillips is a lot. I can see that. I can see that. And I also, I'm also paying close attention and monitoring what's going on with Tim Settle, right? The defensive tackle. He's been out several days now with that, uh, with that calf injury. So I want to see what's going on with Tim Settle, when he's going to get back into the fold, when he's going to be able to practice again. But Jordan Phillips, I definitely agree, it can be a lot. Um, one more comment before I move on to my other guy that I think is a is a is a roster bubble guy, but I think should be on the team. Steve Lynn, you mean with the with the game on the line, the other team receiving with 13 seconds, you rather have an extra inactive receiver on a, on a than a special teams ace? Um. I rather have an extra receiver than a special teams ace. Uh, I'm not now. I know he's a good special teams player. And special teams ace. That's the first time I heard that behind Jay Kumaro. But I rather have, I rather have the, I have, I rather have the extra receiver. The 13 seconds, I don't think had anything to do with the special teams. I think that's more coaching than defense. And I, I like to protect myself. I like to bulletproof myself from injury. I know the Buffalo Bills haven't been hurt, but that doesn't mean they can't get hurt. And I don't, I, I would rather a guy that's that's fairly decent at the, at the position be available in, in case we had to go to him because of whatever bad situation that I don't want to say. So yes, I'd rather Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I think we trade him and get something off here. Now, I wouldn't be opposed to that either, right? I wouldn't be opposed to that. If you want to trade Isaiah Hodgins, if you get a fifth or a sixth for Isaiah Hodgins, um, I would be completely fine with that if you feel and you're comfortable enough with the receiving core that you have. Um, so moving on, right? Once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, you're in terms of Billsology, only on the Built in Buffalo Network. Uh, I want to discuss the other guy that, in my opinion, stood out, um, a guy that is possibly on the bubble. I think this guy was would definitely be a practice squad guy, but I think he should be on the team, and that's Bale Inspector. Bale Inspector, the seventh round pick, the linebacker out of Clemson, Bale Inspector, in my opinion, has done enough to warrant a 53-man roster spot. On top of Andre Smith being, uh, being absent for the first six games for the Buffalo Bills, I think uh, Bale Inspector won himself a job last night. Eight tackles. Eight tackles last night. One pass defended. That one pass defended should have actually been an interception. 
he was in the right place at the right time and he, he just had to execute the play. He didn't have the hands to make the play, but I appreciate the fact that he was in position to make the play. I appreciate the fact that he was in the right place at the right time to make the play. I, I, I think Baylor Spector has stood out in every game we play this preseason. Uh, he's shown some speed. He's shown some range. He's shown some <clears throat> some ability. He has. He's one of them. He's one of them process guys. McBean and Dermot likes to covet. He's an instinct, instinctive player, high character, high IQ player that's been jumping out the screen. Eight tackles last night uh, against Denver. He had seven tackles. The first game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Bale Inspector had 10 tackles. Bale Inspector leads the Bills defense in the preseason in tackles with 25. And he's been sideline to sideline all over the field. Now, I think Terrell Bernard made a good play last night. But I, I got to call a spade a spade. The, line, the rookie linebacker I've been seeing more of is Bale Inspector. The rookie linebacker had, that has flashed more potential and more ability, let me not say potential, more ability thus far is Bell Inspector. And I know Terrell Bernard is going to make this team, but I think Bell Inspector deserves to make this team as well. So uh, what are your thoughts on Bell Inspector? Uh, shout out my brother Dan Kelly, Conflict of Interest. We'll be on this Tuesday, 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I, I discussed last week how that I was impressed with both Bale Inspector and Joe Giles Harris, but I think Bale Inspector took the lead with this final preseason game, and I think he should definitely be on the Bills 53-man roster. Um, <clears throat> thoughts and comments. Thoughts and comments. Thoughts and comments. Justin, would you like to see Knox, Howard, and Gilliam? Would like to see Knox, Howard, and Gilliam? I, I think. I think I could agree with that. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. I think I could agree with that. Spin. Spin says, well, right now we need to cut down. We need to cut down to 52. We do. There's some tough decisions to be made, right? And that's, that, that's, that's another thing that is, is a good problem to have for the Buffalo Bills. That's another thing that's been a good problem to have for the fan base because it's been a long time coming where the Buffalo Bills actually had to make really tough decisions on who's going to stay and who's going to go. Somebody is going to upgrade their roster based on who the Buffalo Bills cut. One of these 32 teams are going to upgrade their roster on cut day. Grabbing one of the Buffalo Bills cut players. Lance Nelson. Who caught the three passes from Allen? Allen against Denver. That's a great question. Who did catch those three passes? My mind is my mind is gone right now in terms of Denver, that Denver game. Um, who did catch the, the three passes? If anybody knows, please tell me in the comment section. Sweeney isn't very good. I don't think. See what it is is, I don't think Sweeney Sweeney's going to make this team, right? I think and I'm going to take it a step further. I think Quentin Morris has outplayed Sweeney, and to some degree, outplayed O.J. Howard at the tight end position, right? And I don't think – and I, I, I think Sweeney belongs in the NFL, um, but I don't think he's going to make the Bills 53-man roster. So 
Uh, he could be a practice squad candidate, depending if he gets picked up by another team or not. But uh, I don't think uh, Tommy Sweeney is going to make this roster this year. Um, more comments. Spin is going. Spin is going. Um, more comments. Let's see. Let's see. Let's get Kate. Let's get Kate in here. Hope McKenzie is okay. I do too. We all do. We all do. But that's that's the if McKenzie, God forbid, is not okay, right? That's the great thing of having depth. And that is the reason, kind of like, kind of, this is kind of uh, uh, why I want to keep a guy like Isaiah Hodges for, for outside receiver depth. Because if McKenzie gets gets hurt and he can't play or he can't go and he's limited, we have guys that can come in and replace Isaiah McKenzie with minimal drop-off. I think Jameson Crowder can come in and start week one and, and be a factor. And and it wouldn't be a, a drop off. I think uh, Shakir, the fifth round pick, can come in and take some snaps, even if they have a even if Crowder and Shakir have to do a, a a rotational thing until McKenzie gets back. If he's hurt, I think he's okay. But just speculating here, right? I think we have quality players at the slot position to say, you know what, McKenzie, if you can't go now, rest up, my boy. Because we are still going to be okay at this position. We got players, we got athletes, we got talent at the slot receiver position. Um, Daniel Garvey's. I I understand your position about every every guy's drafted by the Buffaloes having an inside track, but most most but most the key special teams guys were signed: Taiwan Jones, Kumaral, uh, Medikavich, uh, etc. And hey, Daniel. Um, this is why this is why the Buffalo Bills fan base, we are, we are in my opinion, the greatest fan base in the NFL. We can we can both uh, agree to disagree, right? And I think you make a, a, an excellent point. Uh, special teams is vital to the Buffalo Bills, right? So we're going to see what direction we we're going here. Now we know that we have a new special teams coach. The special teams coach may have a say. He may he may want Kumro McDermott may go to the special teams coach and say, "Hey, I'm leaning towards Hodgins here. Do you do you need is is do you do you think Isaiah Hodgins can can be serviceable on special teams, replacing Kumro while being an upgrade at the wide receiver position? Uh, I value your opinion here. So I'm pretty sure those conversations are going to be had, and the Buffalo Bills are going to come up with the best decision. Uh, best decision possible uh, for the team. Let me get my boy Richard Richard Russian here. OJ uh, Howard has has been whole mum, but has a cap hit. Thoughts? And the reason why I brought this up because I think this leads this this is a perfect lead into my next topic of discussion. Right? I spoke about two players who I think that. We're on the roster bubble or are on the roster bubble and, in my opinion, should make the Buffalo Bills 53-man roster. And now it's time to talk about a guy that I thought when we initially signed O.J. Howard, I thought it would be a guarantee he would be on the Buffalo Bills roster. I thought it would be a guarantee that he would be the number two side, uh, the, the number two tight end and him and Dawson Knox was going to be able to work off each other throughout this season. But as OTAs came about and as camp came about, we've been seeing the reports that OJ Howard hasn't been impressive. 
we've been seeing reports that O.J. Howard has been underwhelming, so to speak, right? And even though he flashed a little bit in Denver, I think, and I like that performance in Denver, right? He showed some size. He hold, held on to the ball. He, he scored the touchdown. And even though he did those things in Denver, I got to get back to the Steve Smith comment. It's, it's definitely alarming when O.J. Howard is, is playing well into the fourth quarter. <laughs> when you're playing well into the fourth quarter, that is a red flag for me. And I can't even get upset at, at the situation because I don't think O.J. Howard has performed particularly well. Now, I think he shows some flashes as a blocker. I think he's doing a tremendous job at that. But what are your expectations of O.J. Howard? My expectations of O.J. Howard is he's a former first-round pick. He's a former first-round pick at the tight end position. That's, that's nowadays is becoming more and more of a rarity. If you're a first-round pick from the tight end position, you're special, right? You're Kyle Pitts. You're your you're 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 something at 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 that at, at that type of talent at the tight end position if you're going to get picked in the first round and OJ Howard is a first round pick at six five at two hundred forty or fifty pounds ran sideline to sideline ran a four five forty he was a, a a mismatch nightmare coming out of college so I kind of still view him as that especially even though he went through a significant injury with his Achilles, this is his second year removed from that, from that injury. And the reports are that when you come in from a significant injury, you, you seem to be more yourself the second year removed from injury as opposed to your first. So I'm looking at a former first round pick that is a, is an athletic, is, it has good athleticism that is big, has strong hands, and can be a difference maker, uh, come to the Buffalo Bills and not be that guy, but be show flashes of that guy and be a mismatch nightmare from the tight end two position. That is my expectation of OJ Howard. And right now, I don't even think he recorded a catch last night. I don't think OJ Howard recorded a catch. Now you could blame the offensive line for that. You could blame the quarterback play for that, but it's a little alarming for me that OJ Howard didn't record a catch when he played well into the fourth quarter against third stringers and fourth stringers from the Carolina Panthers. So will he make the team? I don't know, but I I haven't been overly impressed with OJ Howard. And I know he's been doing a great job as a blocker. He's been blocking well, but I don't think the Buffalo Bills signed OJ Howard to their football team because he's an elite blocker. I think the Buffalo Bills signed OJ Howard to their football team because he could be a mismatch nightmare at the receiving position. And if he's not going to be a mismatch nightmare at the receiving position, then maybe other guys that's more deserving can win the job. Now, what do you think? Let me get some thoughts. Let me get some comments. Are the Buffalo Bills going to be patient like they've been, like they usually are? Are they going to be methodical and they're going to be patient 
and they're going to they're going to stick with O.J. Howard in hopes that he can turn it on as the season starts and continues to progress, or are the Buffalo Bills going to actually go by who played the best in camp, and the guy that played the best in camp is the guy that's going to get the rest of the spot. Because in my opinion, if I have to call a spade a spade, the 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 best guy, tight end that had the best camp for the Buffalo Bills is Quentin Morris. Is Quentin Morris going to be on the roster? Because in my opinion, he's flashed more than O.J. Howard. I'm just calling a spade a spade. I, I, he's as a receiver. Now, I know he's made his mistakes, but he's just flashed more in my opinion. Or are the Buffalo Bills going to say, you know what? We signed this guy. He's, we're, we're, we're giving him his roster spot. We, we understand that he is a guy that's recovering from injury, and we're going to hope and we're going to trust that he's going to turn it on later in the season. What direction are the Buffalo Bills going to go? What direction would you go? Who should be the tight end two for the Buffalo Bills? Do you trust, do you believe in O.J. Howard to be that tight end two? Or do you think a guy like Quentin Morris should be the tight end two for the Buffalo Bills? Or do you think the Buffalo Bills should see who's cut in, in, in the final roster uh, cutdowns and see who can possibly be an upgrade at tight end that's not on the team right now? What direction do you think the Bills should go? I want to get your thoughts on O.J. Howard, Quentin Morris, in the tight end number two position. Um... Yo, I appreciate everybody, man. The, the comments are flying in. I appreciate everybody. Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf says, Howard is still a, a good blocker, but more showed, more, he's, more, more showed that he's getting better at blocking, too. Yes, and I agree. And I, I be see, I've been seeing this a lot. O.J. Howard's a good blocker. O.J. Howard's a good blocker. And I could be, I, 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 it, it could be me. It could be me. It could be my fault. I may need to change my way of thinking. And if I need to do so, then everybody in the comment section, y'all can tell me that. But I don't view O.J. Howard as, as a blocker in terms of the reason why the Buffalo Bills signed him. The Buffalo Bills signed O.J. Howard to be a mismatch nightmare as a receiver at the tight end two position. And if we're talking about, well, O.J. Howard is doing a hell of a job blocking, then he's not doing enough. That's just my opinion. Um, Andy says, I didn't, I, I don't care. He's a good receiver and a big target and better receiver than both Sweeney and Morris Knox and OJ can do both. Now for the third, who's the best blocker? Okay. Andy got this. Andy's like, you know what? I'm rolling with OJ Howard. I'm rolling with the household name. OJ Howard deserves to be on the team. He's six, five. He could be a mismatch nightmare. He does. He showed flashes of potential of, of his mismatch. Of, a, uh, of how much of a mismatch nightmare he could be against the Denver Broncos, and I want him on the football team, right? So I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. If the Buffalo Bills elect to go that route, I couldn't fault them. They're going with a guy that has a Super Bowl ring. They're going with a guy that has that that can give them a veteran presence and has the ability. He has the ability to be a mismatch nightmare. Will he do it? Is another story. But can he do it? Yes, he can. He has that ability. He has that potential. Um, Grace, let me get Grace in here. When is final cut down day? Cut down day. Uh, I believe it's in a couple of days. Is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday final cut down day? Anybody got an exact, a, 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 a precise answer for this question? Please put it in the comment section. But I believe it's Tuesday. 
Andy says he'll be a he'll be a mismatch. He'll be a mismatch. Relax. He just needs reps. Josh can Josh can do it, especially in two tight end sets and in goal line situations. Okay. I like that. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed. If if OJ Howard can come and be that guy and be that tight end too, um, I'm perfectly fine with that, right? Because at the end of the day, ultimately, this is this is this is big for OJ Howard. This is not just about the Buffalo Bills. This is about OJ Howard's career. This is a a, a career defining season for OJ Howard. So he wants to put his best foot forward. I'm sure. Um, do you do you want to get another contract in the NFL and look that as a starting caliber tight end, or are you a backup tight end that that can come in and 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 do a good job, open up holes as a blocker and and be a red zone target as a big body with a big catch radius if necessary. What direction is is OJ Howard's career going to take? And we're going to see this season with our Buffalo Bills. Um, more comments in here. Comments is flying. I appreciate everybody in the comment section today. I've been going for about an hour and a half. I'm about to shut it down. CR says Quentin Morris. We got a Quentin Morris in here. Quentin Morris. Now, I, I listen, he's not a household name. He's a young guy. He's going to make mistakes, but you have to be impressed with what Quentin Morris has done. I do think if he doesn't make the team, he's definitely a practice squad candidate, right? Quentin Morris is definitely a practice squad candidate. Raheem Blackshear is definitely a practice squad candidate. Uh if Bale Inspector doesn't make the team, I think Brandon Bale Inspector will be a practice squad candidate. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Buffalo Bills roster. But I think Quentin Morris, if he doesn't make the 53-man roster, I think he definitely proved he belongs uh, with the Buffalo Bills as a practice squad member. Christopher said, you know what? Howard is getting cut. Howard is getting cut. And now, and when I see this, I, I, I say, hey, we we don't know. We don't know. We could only speculate and assume right now. But I have to go back to to tendencies, right? And the NFL tendencies are if a player is playing late in the game, in a preseason game, while your starters and your other focal point players are not playing, it is a red flag. And O.J. Howard was playing well into the fourth quarter. And because of the NFL's tendencies, we have no choice but to list that as a red flag. So it's definitely a possibility that O.J. Howard can be cut from the Buffalo Bills when it's time to uh, uh, break it down to the final 53. Um Justin said, I like, I like how it's potential. Okay. If we're, if we're talking based on solely potential, right? Because potential is something that someone can possibly be. It doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be that, right? It doesn't mean they're necessarily going to live up to that, right? But the potential is what they can possibly be in best case scenario, right? And if we're going strictly off potential, then yes, 
O.J. Howard deserves to be on the team as the number two tight end. He's 6'5", he's 250 pounds, he's big, he's physical, he can help you in the block, in the run game, he can help you as a receiver, he can be a mismatch nightmare as a, as a number two tight end when things are going right and he's fully healthy, right? So I definitely agree with you there. But is he going to, is he going to maximize his potential with the Buffalo Bills is a question that needs to be answered, but I haven't seen it just yet. It needs to be answered in a regular season, but as far as the preseason, I haven't seen it just yet. I've seen some flashes here and there. Is, is that enough? We'll see. Um, Daniel says, at TE, I think, uh, I think Knox, TE1, Howard, TE2, at least to start the season, Morris, TE, uh, Morris, TE3, could move up to TE2 if he earns. Sweeney, practice squad. Okay. I like that, Daniel Garvey. I like that. You're different from me. I think it's going to be Knox at the one, O.J. Howard at the two, and uh, Freddie Gilliam, the emergency tight end, at the three. While he's playing his fullback position, start as a fullback position, he's going to be the third tight end. Daniel Garvey's think we're going to actually keep three tight ends in Knox, Howard, and Moss. I'm not mad at it at all. Not mad at all. Um, any more questions? More questions, comments before I get out of here? Trevor, Tuesday. Tuesday it is. Yes, sir. Tuesday, August 30th. Uh, teams got to get down to their 53-man roster. Tuesday, August 30th. Appreciate it, Spin. Tuesday, August 30th. Andy says, my main concern is who's the odd man out in the secondary? Hmm. That's, that's an excellent question. Um, If I had to take a, a, a stab at it, right, if I had to take a guess, I don't think there will be an odd man out in the secondary. I don't think there's going to be a man that we all thought that was making the team and it's going to get cut. Uh, why I think that is because uh, obviously no reports come out. This is all on just what I think in my heart of hearts. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to put Trey White on the publics. Uh, I don't know for sure. I don't have any sources. I'm just speculating here i'm thinking about how the buffalo bills move in, in 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 their methodical manner as they move and i'm thinking about our all pro cornerback getting as healthy as he can possibly get and i think the buffalo bills organization wants to make sure that trey white is a hundred percent healthy before he gets on the field so that's why i think they kind of bulletproof the team at the cornerback position. We've been complaining about cornerback positions for several years, cornerback number two, cornerback number two. I think they kind of did a decent job bulletproofing themselves at the position. When you have a – when you draft the Kyrie Elam and you draft the Christian Benford, who is now suddenly a, 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 a pleasant surprise, and now you have a Cam Lewis who wasn't his greatest last night, but Cam Lewis can definitely – make some plays when given opportunities, right? So I think the Buffalo Bills have some depth at the cornerback position where they can now say, you know what, Trey White, we have some depth here. We we don't want to rush you back. We want you to get 100% healthy. We're going to go with uh, Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam and Teron Johnson and and Cyron Neal and, and Cam Lewis. Uh, right now, we're going to go with all these guys right now. And then when you come back, 
that's when we'll make a decision on who to cut, whether it be Bale Inspector if he's on the team or if, if Cam Lewis is on the team and Tredavious White is ready to come back, if he's the odd man out. I think that's when we have to worry about the odd man out. But right now, in my opinion, everybody that played well in the secondary uh, uh, is, should be on the 53-man roster, Cam Lewis included, because I believe Trey, uh, Trey White was start off on the public Loan, A. Rich, who would, who would be your biggest surprise cut and your biggest surprise player to make the team? That's an excellent question, Lone Wolf. My biggest surprise player to be cut would be O.J. Howard. Like I said, initially he signed the contract one year, five or six million dollars. Um, when you sign O.J. Howard, I'm thinking first round pick. I'm thinking mismatch nightmare. I'm thinking uh, he's going to definitely be definitely be the number two tight end for the Bills, right? And now we've seen him in the fourth quarter of preseason games against third and fourth and fifth string guys from the opposing team. So that would be my uh, biggest surprise cut, in my opinion. My biggest surprise in terms of making the team, uh, even though I think he, he, he should make the team, I just think it's just a numbers game with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the surprise guy that would make the team, in my opinion, Raheem Blackshear. I think Raheem Blackshear, if the Buffalo Bills didn't draft the James Cook, right? Let's say the Buffalo Bills didn't draft a running back uh, in this 2022 uh, NFL offseason. I think uh, Raheem Blackshear would, would definitely be on the Buffalo Bills roster. But it's just a numbers situation right now. You have a second-round pick who you obviously can't cut. You have Devin Singletary, who's been who who averages a, a a very good yards per carry when he does get the opportunities and shown that he he can make a guy miss in the phone booth and shown his elusiveness and his and his and his shifty running ability. And then you have a guy that that uh, we all been concerned about coming into the season is Zach Moss, but he's been impressive, right? And it's significant that Zach Moss is impressive because he's the one guy that gives the Buffalo Bills another dimension, right? He, he, it, Blackshear right now, Raheem Blackshear, is re, a redundancy. It's more redundant for the Buffalo Bills. We got players like a Raheem Blackshear. James Cook is a better version of Raheem Blackshear. Devin Singletary is a a version of Raheem Blackshear. So there's some redundant things going on there. Whereas of Zach Moss, he's playing well, and he provides and adds a different dimension. He brings physicality to the table and, and uh, uh, power between the, tack, uh, between the tackles and, uh, north and, and, and south style. So with him playing well, I think that's huge. And Raheem Blackshear, by a sheer numbers game, is, in my opinion, a prime candidate for the practice squad that probably should be on the 53-man roster if the Buffalo Bills wasn't suddenly deep at the position. So um, I hope I answered your question, bro. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight. I know there's some more questions. I appreciate uh, uh, everybody for tuning in to the Built in, uh, Built in Buffalo Network tonight, Billsology. Uh, Spin says... Uh, Biggest surprise cut for me would be uh, Gilliam. Gilliam's not going anywhere. Biggest surprise player to make the roster would be if both Kumaro and Hodges make the team. I like that, Spin. I like that. That could be a surprise. I like that a lot. 
Um, appreciate everybody for for joining me today in Bill's Allergy. Shout out my brother DM3. He couldn't be on tonight. Uh, still getting uh, the internet thing squared away. You know, sometimes internet, the reception, depending on your location, where you reside at, it could be it could, it could be touch and go, right? So shout out DM3. I hope to get him back soon. But um, myself, I'm going to have different co-hosts on a weekly basis coming and chop it up with me. Hold it down with me, man. Um, I appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, this was a night where I had a lot of different show notes and I could have used bells and whistles and things of that nature like we usually do. Tweak this around the league, things of that sort. But the situation that was... Uh, looming over the Buffalo Bills fan base, over the Buffalo Bills organization was just too large to ignore. And sometimes you have to talk about and break down and discuss uh, uncomfortable topics so we can finally flush it out of our systems and not talk about this ever again, right? So after tonight, after we get off the show and after this night is over, we are all going to be over the, the Matt Ariza situation. We hope the young lady gets the justice that uh, she deserves, and we're going to continue to pray for the best outcomes for everybody involved, including Matt, Matt Ariza. I'm going to, we're going to pray for him as well, right? So um, that's what we hope, but the main objective is to get this out of our system so we can get back to discussing football and this normality, right? That's what we want to do. We have uh, a championship to, to chase. We have Lombardi trophies to go win. So that's going to be the discussion going forward. We hope that there are going to be no more distractions going forward for the Buffalo Bills. We already got Andre Smith out for six games with his with his use or whatever he did, and now we have Matt Ariza. So we have some blemishes. Andre Smith was kind of like another thing that nobody really talked about, but it's still a situation where he's facing the suspension a suspension that he has to deal with, consequences he has to face, right? So hopefully we don't have any more bad marks or, or bad blemishes throughout the season so we don't be distracted by other things that that can that can possibly derail us from our aspirations and what we want to do and what we want to see accomplished as a fan base. So A. Rich, Hakeem Richens, uh, you are in tune to the Built in Buffalo Network. You have watched Billsology. I hope everyone enjoyed. I will be back in two weeks. Next week, I'm not sure if I'm going to be on next week. I know I have some things going on. Um, I'm, t I'm going away next week. We'll see if uh, DM3 or I have somebody come on and host Billsology next week. But I'll definitely be back in two weeks to, uh, to discuss football topics all football topics for our Buffalo Bills. Once again, Akeem Richens, A. Rich. Go Bills. Appreciate everyone tonight. Go Bills.